Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people and, you know, everybody of all ages, aliens, if you're listening out there, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Long Lost Heroes podcast. I am here with my best friend, uh... The, you know, absolutely the Han Solo to my Chewie. Like, this guy's my main man, Frank Marsilio. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk, talk Shrewook now. Um, I, <laughs> this and We're not talking about Solo, but, uh, yeah, I'm doing very well. And I'm glad that we got to hang out recently, which is awesome. Yeah, that was but, really cool. But first, we're going to talk about The Incredibles. Incredibles 2, actually. Incredibles 2. Well, here we are, folks. So we're covering a Pixar movie for the first time. You know, I think that one of the things about The Incredibles is how the original one kind of transcends Pixar in a lot of ways and kind of holds up, I think, has its own superhero movie for all time. Uh, and I, I love The Incredibles. I remember really... I don't remember seeing it in theaters. I remember actually watching it on DVD uh, on, like, a long flight somewhere. Um, do you remember seeing the first one, Frank? I have like a very similar story. I don't think I saw it in theaters either, but I'm pretty sure I saw it on like a bus trip for band or something, either in high school or college. Um, and was like, how did I not see this movie? And, um, I think I, I mentioned it a few weeks ago in one of our episodes, but I, I recently rewatched it for the first time, at, like probably since I saw it that one time. And it does really hold up. I mean, I think the animation has come a long way. Um, and like, that's true, it, w- which is great. Um, and that was 2004. And like, I, I'm really interested to go back to like toy story one, because like in my mind, it looks a certain way. It looks like toy story three, but really it's like, it's not it looks like, yeah. It's, yeah. It, and you definitely see like the, the, like the computer animation of it, which is a weird, it's hard to describe. Like it, I feel like I'm watching reboot, you know, like, or something like, Sure. That that, that very proto CGI. Yeah, you can tell that like the eyes aren't quite what they are now, and like it's amazing where the technology has really gone because, you know, the, Pixar has had a lot of really great hits in the past few years, and I mean, you know, they're they've had a really great track record. Let's let's not. Well, well, yeah, and so I think okay, so a, a few things on the first Incredibles before we get anywhere with the second one, and. and I really liked it. I liked it. I think that it has a really great kind of overall story about superheroes in a way. I think that it was before you had uh, uh, Captain America Civil War, Batman versus Superman, or, you know, even Avengers Age of Ultron in some ways. Before like, the MCU. Before like... the MCU, you have kind of the uh, discussion of what it means to ha- be a superhero and the damage caused by superheroes and how they deal with it. More than just the damage control comic, which is not really well known, I would say, by the mainstream, you know, every going person out there in the world. But you see the Incredibles, you are fundamentally dealing with kind of the other parts of being a superhero that you never really get to see. And I think that this that movie explains that and delves into that world really perfectly. Um, Yeah, I mean, it has a great balance of like the at home family life with, and, and being, you know, normal people, but also like, okay, you have these powers and like, when's good to use it? When's not good to use it. And like just the struggle that they go through and, and, and ultimately being in hiding, like a lot of other comics have explored, you know, that whole secret identity thing. But here, like it's, it's very much at the forefront. 
And... Oh, totally. And it's, uh, but it's also, you know, the superheroes are turned away. There's legislation put in place that says, no, you can't be super anymore. So then they have to go deal with being ordinary people. When they're ordinary people, they have to be, they're still super. They can't, you know, he has to deal with being, you know, ostensibly Superman, you know, in regular life. I want to say just one one last bit on First Incredibles. Um, I really like the animation of the first one, and, and it very much reminds me of the, uh, first of all, the animated Superman show from the 90s, as well as the old-timey uh, old comic reels that they, the cartoons that they used to show of Superman, where he's still leaping over buildings and not flying yet. Uh, yeah. It totally looks like that old Art Deco stuff in the beginning, and later on it turns into the 60s a little bit more. And I think where that's kind of like fun and like uh, will kind of pick up uh, a little bit in a different place is, you know, Brad Bird, when he made the movie, he originally put 1962 on a newspaper, not thinking it would be a big deal. But of course, we live in the world where movies are analyzed on the Internet and everything is scrutinized, which means that it does become kind of a big deal. So, uh, you know, one of the things that Brad Bird has been asked about recently with you know, kind of the timeline of Incredibles 2 is that, you know, while the timeline, you know, has been set, like, he never really intended it for it to be, you know, uh, 1962 in this movie continuity. He really just liked the architecture and kind of wanted it set in modern times. So take from that what you will, because, like, I think that they kind of play both angles with that because there's no cell phones in this movie. Everyone is watching TV or calling somebody on a regular standard landline. And uh, I think, you know, it's just it's just cool that they, he's recognized that, you know what, like we live in a different era now. Like, yeah. you know, it, had this movie come out, you know, in 2008, you know, kind of, or maybe a little bit further into the MCU, I'm sure somebody at Marvel or somebody connected with them would have been like, hey, do you really want to do that? Like, is that really a good plan? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, I mean, I, and I think obviously there's really cool and uh high-tech technology in, in it. it 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 just doesn't have like it, it's similar like i don't know i, I think about like watch show like yeah like watchmen or a show like gotham that's like trying to feel retro but like still trying to be modern and like just has that 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 feeling of nostalgia baked into it just by the nature of the way things look um and i and i, I do think that really worked um in the first movie like it, it just and, and in the sequel, um, it, you get a feeling of like this this place has been lived in and th these characters have gone through, and especially, you know, the adults, you know, right. were superheroes and, and had a, a whole superhero career before the, the film, which is a kind of really cool thing for it to be kind of an origin story movie, but also like a post superhero career movie. <laughs> totally. Um, so, you know, with all that being said, you know, I think we can, you know, kind of get into our quote unquote spoiler free portion of the Incredibles 2 movies discussion. Um, I dug this movie. Uh, I liked it. Frank, what did you think? I liked it a lot. Okay. I, I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. Um, I, I was at it um, on like a, I think it was a Saturday afternoon and it was a whole bunch of kids. It was a matinee screening. So oh, everyone snap. was. Oh man, it was just like, it was a blast. You know, everyone was having fun. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, like 
I, I, oh, and like I think the other thing that we kind of can maybe just bri- briefly mention the thing about seeing Pixar movies in theaters is you get the short. And yes. oh my god, so this one was Bow, mm-hmm. um, definitely one that t- tears at your heartstrings, and, and you know I'm sure you and I both probably associate with it a little bit as young men that have left the nest and are you know either married or about to be married and so sure it it, it was a very very good one and it, it, it makes me go back and wonder like oh have i seen all of the shorts because they do a really good job um and i'm sure there's some collection somewhere and i'm sure they're on all the dvds and whatnot but uh, that is definitely a benefit. It's just really funny because the kids are like, this isn't the Incredibles. What's going on? <laughs> um, right. But yeah, uh, no, I, I I had fun. I thought it was a really, really good time. I, I liked the short. I, lo- I loved Lava. I thought Lava was really great. Oh, yeah. Um, I think this one was this one was OK. Um, I, 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 I thought it was very sweet and, yeah. and, and sad. Uh, okay, yeah, Incredibles 2. Um, d- okay, so I saw it in a uh, very empty theater with Shayna in the middle of the day um, uh, on a weekend and not at a matinee. Uh, and it was like, you know, the crowd was less than stellar. Uh, I-, I don't know. I th- I like this movie. I don't know if I love it. I think that they have a lot of really good ideas i think that it goes in a direction that uh you know is is very fun um but i I, and it doesn't really fall into the big uh sequel or villain problems that i think marvel uh and you know can sometimes be associated with and i know that we're referencing marvel directly it's not that they're competing against each other but they're just separate and it makes sense like think about it like the way that they you know the villain here is is compelling and uh, has a very unique and interesting, timely uh, feeling to it, and I think that you can definitely see the wheels uh, turning and responding. Um, and I, and I think that they were able to really you know recapture some of the original magic that they had in the first movie of you know kind of moving the story forward and the characters forward. Uh, and yeah, I, I but I don't know if it. Uh, I don't know if it hits the highs or uh, you feel the, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, it, it didn't, I never really felt that they were, that the stakes were very high. That I, I will agree with you. Um, I, I think also that this movie, now that, you know, had, had this sequel came out, you know, two or three years after the original, it'd be a totally different story, first of all. Um, I think the the nature of um, us being in a superhero dominated film industry now, um, and that this movie came out right in the middle of it, um, you know, they they had a lot of challenges. Like, how do you tell a story that's unique and that doesn't you know really fit uh, like line for line with you know some of the other things that are going out? Obviously, they have the opportunity in that it's a kids movie um but they're also trying to cater to adults and everybody um but yeah um i it it is hard for me to kind of compare the two um i I agree i think there's something about that uh, magic of the original that just is so 
so great that it's it is a little bit hard to top but i still had a lot of fun going through it and um you know the characters still um still really resound with me and i think it's it's really funny i think there's a lot of really good humor in it and um it's interesting it's interesting that they never made like an incredible show like to me like this is a this would be an amazing tv show Oh, yeah. You know, like, if you could see them, you know, living life, going through different experiences, but then having to go fight stuff and they can do big arcs and things, like, I I just feel like that would be a great format for these characters to go play in now um, because I think that they've really really set themselves up for, you know, a very nice ending in that this movie probably could stand alone if it needs to. I don't know if it will. I think there could be an Incredibles three, mm-hmm. um, but you know, it's it's interesting the way that they do this. You know, uh, these movies, and I want to just talk about a few characters for a bit. So, Mister Incredible, do, obviously. Do you want to get into call it spoilers now? No, nah, like I think that if you we're just hold on with me for one second that sure i think mr incredible you know is a really great model of like your old style like dc heroes in a lot of ways like he's big he's also a good captain america archetype but like the rest of these the family is 110 percent the fantastic four like yes. and they all when they all play together it's the best fantastic four we've seen today and i think that, on screen yeah. on screen and i think that ultimately that's what makes me not love these movies is that this should be the fantastic four. (laughs) Like we should be going and, and being crazy and loving it and saying how amazing that this is. But instead they had to make these other characters and embody similar power sets in order to tell a really important story about family and what it means to be a family and superheroes that, uh, the fantastic four films just haven't gotten yet. Yeah, I mean, I that you hit one hundred percent. Like that is, I I really want a Fantastic Four movie. And as we continue to speak, there, the uh, the deals box, the final the deal is approved. It's I mean, there's always going to be another like dot 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 possibility of it not going, but um, it's really 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 close to happening. And so maybe in five years we'll be like man remember when we were talking about Incredibles and we just came out of the Fantastic Four movie Marvel and whatever but to this date we have not had a great Fantastic Four and I think you and I both are really big fans of the Fantastic Four comics and do feel like they have been underserved and I just think that like some I got some of those were some of my first Marvel comics it was like Fantastic Four Wolverine and Superman obviously but like mm. that's like that's my jam and I think that they could totally make Fantastic Four, like they make it funny and relatable and not silly and stupid. And I think that I just love I just love it. Um, okay, so yeah, we let we can now get into spoiler talk. I guess we've been into it for a little while. Uh, yeah, folks, definitely go check out this movie. It's worth your money to go see it in a theater. I think still, um, but if you see it on a DVD sometime later on, you'll be so happy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, and I mean it's made a lot of money already. So um, did it, I think how much did it make? Oh, it w- wasn't it like a hundred and eighty million opening weekend or something? It was really high. A <laughs> hundred and eighty um, million opening weekend? No way! Hold on, I, let, now we got to go to the videotape. Go to the videotape. I, okay. I could be totally wrong, but I feel like 
I know it was number one the weekend it came out for yeah. sure. But um, the, you know, I, I think the thing with kids movies, especially coming out when it did pretty much right at the beginning of the summer, this thing is going to be out for a long time. Um, people, I, and I don't know about repeat viewings, but like pretty much every kid is going to go see this movie. You are right. $180 million in its first I weekend. Win. <laughs> you win. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, that's really, really, really good. <laughs> that's so, really, really good. Um, so obviously this made more money than the original. The, the original was a kind of a surprise hit. It was one of the earlier Pixar films. And so since then they've had bigger, uh, successes with Toy Story 3 and Inside Out and, um, a few others, but, uh, you know, from a financial standpoint, it's kind of a no brainer for them to make another one, um, but we'll see. I mean, I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think we can leave it at that. And now let's like get into to spoilers because okay. it is it is worth uh, worth talking about some of the finer details. So, yeah. so go see the movie or watch it on DVD later on. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. Frank. Okay. So I want to spend some time and talk about our, our characters here because I, I think that they. They're what shine in this movie. So, I think uh, for me, the standouts of this uh, were, um, you know, obviously Mr. Incredible, but also, uh, you know, Elastigirl and the kids. I think that they're like, it's. I know that you know Invisigirl and the and Dash. I know that it's crazy that they Violet. I know that we they're the, the center of the movie, but like they really draw the focus. Like the villain is set up through the other part which is kind of cool you know what i mean it's not yeah. and it, you get them and like you kind of like as soon as you meet like the guy like i'm like uh oh, this guy's already like a little weird and snarky and like the fact that they had to portray him with a huge big nose wasn't my favorite well, part but well he's it's bob odenkirk and it kind of looks like him it totally it, it does very much look like bob odenkirk so that's fine anyway yeah. and he was his voice was very good yeah. Um. I I had trouble. I was like, who is this guy? Uh. And then Catherine Catherine Keener plays the the bad the really bad guy the the screen sla- the screen slaver S- screen slaver. I gotta tell um, you that villain is is awesome. That is a great villain. Yeah. I I I totally fell. Uh. What's the word? I I fell for the twist. I guess. Like I going through the motions of the movie, like really expected the other shoe to drop and that the brother was going to be the bad guy or that they were going to be in it together and that their motivations were going to be something more like, Oh, like we want to have superheroes back so we can have super villains and we're going to make a lot of money off of them and something like that. But like it went into a totally different direction that I wasn't expecting. And I think, um, you know, is, is better off for it. So, but yeah, you're right. Like I, I think probably most of us going in didn't expect like the screen slaver to be just like a regular bad guy. I think there was going to be some sort of misdirection. Um, but I do like the way that they went with it. Well, as pretty much as soon as I saw that there were a media company, I'm like, okay, well they don't have phones. Like it's obviously going to be connected with them. You need the technology in order to do that. And it's like, okay, so this is what they're going to do. But I totally thought it was going to be the guy too. I I did not, I did not see the, 
the twist with the girl coming and then as soon as the, I saw that they were doing the uh, like the you know implant a you know a random bad guy instead of be the bad guy you know what I mean yeah. kind of like seven or whatever I thought that that was really cool and smart for a kids movie and was kind of fun to see some superhero detective work uh, yes. in some ways and I felt like you kind of play along with Elastigirl, Helen Cunt, who kicks ass in this movie, uh, really carries it. And Holly Hunter, Holly, Holly Hunter, Holly Hunter, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, <laughs> not, not not Helen Hunt of Twister fame. Holly Hunter of Batman vs Superman. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, she's out there drinking Granny's peach tea, kicking ass. Kicking ass. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I loved the Elasticycle. I liked the uh, train sequence very Dude, much. Dude, that sequence was awesome that like the, the I, I feel like and that's especially something because we haven't had a great fantastic four movie like we've never seen something like that the way that like they they animated the the cycle and it coming apart and her body kind of going like around like in the tunnel and like all over the train like it was just like i basically was really, really engaged, like mouth open watching that whole scene because it was so, so fun, but like, and like high stakes at the same time. But like, yeah, I, and, I, sh- and to see like that power set used correctly, you're right. We've never really seen that. So it was awesome. And I, I, I thought she was really the, the whole, that, that whole sequence was very well done. Um, I want to say something about uh, the, uh, what's the kid's name? The the other kid, Tony Tony Reidinger. Uh, yeah, that's a good like B plot for this movie for Violet. I think it was okay, but I feel like kind of one of the like the funny things. Like I know that you're getting into this, so I'm gonna do two things. First of all, I'm gonna drop name drop Signcast, the greatest one of the greatest podcasts ever, uh, and that in Seinfeld the better Seinfeld episodes are episodes that have a good Elaine storyline. You know what I mean? You always remember the sponges or the little kicks or like something like that. You remember what Elaine's doing. And if she has a really great storyline, everything kind of comes together. They didn't really give Violet a great storyline. You know, they yeah. kind of they kind of get, didn't give her enough to do. And I think she has really much more fun and interesting powers than Dash, who's just speed, even though they really do focus on Jack-Jack, who is very funny and enjoyable to watch throughout the movie, and his powers are very convenient and interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I loved it, I think, as like a guy who's probably going to have a baby in the next few years. This was just great fodder for <laughs> Shayna to hold over my head for the next few years. Yeah. You could have I, this. <laughs> I think uh, it was cool because Jack Jack was more of a character in this film. Like, yeah. well, the first one is just sort of like, all right, the baby, you know, who's getting the baby kind of thing. But like, and we as an audience knew, right? Am I making yeah, this yeah, up? Yeah. That Jack Jack had some powers, but they didn't know. Um, so like to see like, <laughs> and I was like, we were counting them afterwards. Like there, would they say like 17 powers that they know of? Like, um, pretty much Superman. Anything. Pretty that's much. Su- pretty much anything that Superman can do, probably Jack Jack can do. Laser yeah. eyes, ice breath, flying, um, but also shape shifting, 
multiplicity, you know, all D- that. Dimension traveling. Dimension traveling. A lot of Doctor Strange powers, I think, were, like, played around with oh, in yeah. this movie in a little like bit of a different out. way. <laughs> he hulks out at one point. Like, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of powers for this little kid. And that's cool that they kind of lean on that. I think that they could have done maybe more with the kids. Like, because growing up with powers is kind of what X-Men is all about. And, like, that's mm-hmm. something that they could have, I think, played with a little bit more. Like, it, it. I don't know. Like, what is Dash's storyline in this movie other than, you know, he's just he, he gets the car. Like, he gets the car. He's kind of always just excited about everything. Like, you know, like, it, I think the the kids kind of play a story. They have a story arc together, but they don't necessarily have really great individual ones. If you know what I mean? Like the, the, the story and it's similar to the first one is that like the, the parents need the kids um, out on the field <laughs> in the field for, you know, this, their superhero abilities. And they are actually very good at what they do. Um, but then it's also the, the parents um, taking care of the kids and, you know, the, the whole role reversal in this movie of Bob taking care of the kids at home where Elastigirl's out. Like there's sort of that, like that's the storyline. It's the three kids together. And it's not really like, you know, each one going through some life changing arc because like, like you said, like they, at the beginning of the first movie up until now, they've always had power. So there's never like, Right. Oh, and like now you re- the reveal of like you learning how to use them and you like understanding the the responsibility of it. Like, I mean, there's a little bit of that, but it's, you know, uh, and especially like with Jack Jack, it's like, OK, he's a baby and pretty much his entire life. He's going to grow up knowing he has all these abilities. Um, so you're never going to have that like reveal of like, oh, like I have to come to terms with this and what this really means. Like they have to kind of learn as they go. Um, I mean, I like continuing on with Jack, Jack, like I thought the, the whole raccoon sequence was really fun. It was, um, it, it was, it was there. Uh, who's the little scary animal from fantastic beasts and where you find them. Like that was a great little fun thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and it and felt like a TV episode. Like it, it really it did. did. It did. And I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's crazy because I guess you have to make these movies like, I guess, a half hour shorter for little kids. You know, they can't do two and a half hour movies like we can. So even though I still do feel like this movie does like drag at different points, you know. Uh, oh, there's definitely a couple of moments through it where I'm like, man, all the kids are like zoning out because it's like the exposition where the adults yeah. are talking. And, you know, it's great for us to kind of like tie everything together. But. Yeah, there are, there are definite moments where it drags. Um, what else? Uh, I thought that the other, like the not Avengers guys that they bring on uh, were not developed enough, and they're just like clearly there for toys, which is fine. Um, but like they could have, I, I think some of the things that they could have, like make it more clear, like, you know, give them a scene together beforehand, you know, uh, maybe that was in there that was cut. I, I don't know. I, I didn't feel any connection for them or bad about them or give a shit about them ever. Uh, yeah. I mean, especially cause you have, um, the one, the uh, void, I think her name was yeah, that yeah, was yeah. trying She's... to connect with, with the last girl. And it's like, you're, you're kind of getting it, but 
it's still a little bit undeveloped i agree and like they they do end up just being like the foot soldiers for the bad guy but like yeah okay so Uh, let's talk about let's talk about the plot for just a hot second sure okay so pretty much the plot of this movie is that um these two uh heirs of a big multimedia company uh are about to uh you know, lobby on behalf on behalf of superheroes after uh, the Incredibles kind of return and make a big mess trying to clean up the Underminer. Uh, in doing so, they think that the best way to do this is to show Elastigirl, you know, kicking ass on camera, and that by showing her side of the story about how you know, they got to that situation and not the way that the media plays it up in his little speech he has, uh, that they can kind of advocate for superheroes in a better way. But the whole time, she they keep getting interrupted by the screen slaver who is taking over the screens of something and hypnotizing people. Um, I, I really just, I, I think that that is a fantastic plot. Like, that is a fucking genius idea. That, you know, there's somebody out there hypnotizing us to the screens. We're all hypnotized to the screens. The kids know what screens are. They see all the screens in these movies, you know, and I think... The kids are most of the time hypnotized. The kids are most of the time hypnotized. And, uh, yeah, it's... I think that that's just awesome. Like, uh, there's no really... I can't really tell you anything more than that. That's just very smart to me. Uh, yeah. And and then as they develop it, you know, you kind of they they do the misdirect that it's, you know, they can turn the screen slaver into anybody, it doesn't matter who it is. They'll, you know, figure out a way to hypnotize them and then they'll be doing it. Ultimately, they get caught, but at that time it's too late and you know, there's nothing that uh Elastigirl can do. Uh so Before you get too far, a a few things I just wanted to add to it. Um, I think it's really cool, actually, that this one takes place, like, pretty much minutes after the first one. Like, where, as an audience, we've waited, you know, 14 years for it. it, It's pretty much, like, instantly picks up. Like, where, in our minds, this whole time, it's like, okay, they, like, went, went back to their normal lives and all this stuff. But it's like, nope they had to go and fight the underminer right then and there and like deal with all this. And it just like rolls right into the whole plot of this movie, which is really cool. Um, you know, it's, it's something like what we were talking about star Wars, how, uh, force awakens leads into last Jedi. It's just like, boom, boom. And you've got this, these plots. It's like, okay, so if they do a third one, will they do a time jump or will they continue to just roll into the next one? Like they would, I mean, I think, for for kids it's a little bit easier to understand um just like okay your characters look exactly the same they haven't changed that much and here you go it's another episode of tv um the other thing i wanted to mention was um like when we were talking about screen slaver before and i i don't remember the the character's name the the female villain but i think in hindsight looking back it's like oh they had all these like really great bonding moments between her and Elastigirl. And they had these couple of conversations over drinks at the different parties and stuff. And it's like, like, I think again, that's when you have a really great villain, you develop them, you understand their motivations. You, you see them going head to head with your, your main character and like not necessarily, um, 
in like a fighting way, but in, yeah. in a vocal way, in a, in a way that's like you can understand. Like, and they're both kind of talking it's to- about. It's very similar to the Dark Knight in yeah. how like the Joker is talking to Batman a lot, even though they may not be physically there with each other. They're communicating through means other than just fighting the whole time. Yeah, but it, and it's also a lot like. Um, I'm trying to think of a, a good Marvel example, but you know, so so in in a case where it's like, okay, you don't know that this is the bad guy right away. Like you you think this is your friend. Yeah, you know? but like and, it's she's not there. She's not really like the Aldrich Killian. Like Aldrich Killian is slimy when he gets off the elevator. Yeah, like you know, it's not the. Um, I mean, I guess it's a little bit like the Robert Redford. Um, in, in some ways, but like Robert Redford, at least like he worked for the government. So like, yeah, if he he's gonna, if he's going to be if he's going to be in Shield, like he's got to be credentialed for something, you know? Like, yeah, he, he he's he's got to be kind of something, even though he's a bad Hydra guy, you know? So yeah, I I don't know, man. Like, I, oh, you mean the double crossing? Well, he was he wasn't a very good double crosser. <laughs> you know? <laughs> You know, he didn't really get away with his double crossings. Um, she she kind of does a little bit in some ways, and I think that that's what kind of comes off. I think very strongly. Well, uh, I mean, she takes control of all the the adult superheroes. Like it's it's yeah. up to the kids really to to save the day. So like she does succeed in like had yeah. they not had the family and not you know really been. Because, like, even Frozone, like, he's kind of there and he's trying to help them, but then he gets taken over, too. And so, like, she kind of does succeed. And, um, you know, and something I was thinking is, like, and I, I, I guess that we're all, you know, we're digging her so much. Like, it's so cool that they did this. Like, I'm sure that it, I, I don't know if it was baked into the cake, but, like, they really gave a big spot for women in this movie. They gave. You know, Elastigirl much more of a forefront. They kind of did some, you know, typical gender role swapping. You know, in terms of how you know th- things are going on in the households of the of the pars in this movie. And I think that that's fucking awesome. And uh, I'm down that they. It just feels like natural in it. Uh, I don't know, man. Like I, I feel this movie. And and another thing that I feel about this movie is. Uh, the car. I, I liked the car scene. Like <laughs> I know that we didn't get a lot that this is pretty much all dash gets to do, but ultimately like the car is awesome. And I think it very much is playing off the Batmobile and trying to, you know, how it does so many different things, but you don't necessarily know what it does all the time. And what would two kids do with ostensibly the Batmobile, which I think was very cool. <laughs> uh, I, I dug it. I thought that was great. Um, yeah, man. Uh, it's it's a fun movie. You know who I also love? I love that Samuel L. Jackson is in these movies as Frozone. He's fantastic. Yeah. He is. He and he again brings some great humor to the the role. Like I, I mean, even some of the things that were in the trailer is just like, where are you going ASAP? Like him, him and his just, wife, their their banter is. That's fantastic. actually his real wife. Like his real is it wife, really? Yeah, his real wife, Honey, does the voice of this character. Oh my god, that's amazing. Um, and like he's 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 just the man and he uh, it's it's I, I love him it's very cool that he's in these i would love if they made a nick fury joke at some point yeah. <laughs> um I, I don't know man uh I, I like this movie uh i thought that the the climax you know also was very uh you know it 
I don't know. It they they did okay. Um, I'm happy with how it ended in terms of where they leave it off to do future films, and I think that what we really need is like the Incredibles, like supervillain, like that's something that they really haven't played with very big. Like you have it a little bit in Screen Slaver this movie. I think that they're mm-hmm. kind of setting that up, but I think that uh, ultimately you need somebody from the Incredibles past who's yeah. not a sidekick, who's like the arch nemesis bad guy to come back and like really fuck some shit up. And yeah. like, and you know, and like that's, or maybe that's just not what it's going to be because there is, you can't do that in a kid's movie. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I think you can have you know what a I mean? villain from, from their, their past. I mean, I think a little bit with the first movie, you've got syndrome. That's sort of the, he, uh, with Mr. Incredible, he kind of like did him wrong when he was a kid, and then he comes back, and you know he wasn't a villain when he was a, uh, years ago. But you know they could do something along the lines of like one of the villains that they put away a long time ago. They um, you know got out of prison or whatever, or like um, someone that they were allies with that they. I mean, like I don't really want to see like Frozone go completely bad, but you know, you can can do that. The other thing that could be interesting um, is if they did something like, if they did increase the, uh, the time in between movies and aged up everybody a little bit and have like the, the splitting of the family and have like either one of the kids or Jack Jack or something like be like a, a real bad guy and like have like an understandable reason for why they, you know, felt betrayed by the family i mean that might be a little too heavy but you know like there <laughs> that seems opp- a little dark frank <laughs> <laughs> but like i don't know like these kids like growing up and they don't have a normal life like i mean obviously like violet in in the first one has like that sort of arc uh well and i guess it's in this one too she's like embraces it and then doesn't want it embraces it doesn't want it and like it, it, she could get pushed over the edge or something. And like, I mean, it, they could still come back together at the end of the movie. I'm not just saying like that they're going to break up as a family forever, but like, I don't know. Oh, and no, no who yeah, we haven't talked about yet. Mm. Edna mode. <laughs> yeah. Brad bird. Dude, that's great. He, th- I mean, it was great. I dug the, she, she's funny. You know, I, I thought that they were going to have more to do with the other guy who, like, that they would, like, do setup of, like, the other costumes this guy had done. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, no, I, she's she's fun. They, of course, they were going to have her in the sequel. Of course. I, I mean, I think she was a uh, big highlight from the first one. Totally. And, like, in, in watching the first one recently, I was like, oh, she's not in it as much as I realized. But, like... Um, Definitely a, a standout, memorable character. Right. And so they kind of did that same... Um, that role in, in this film too. And like, especially because it highlighted all the stuff going on with Jack, Jack. And I thought that was really fun and cool. Um, but yeah, I mean like Jack, Jack out in the field and, and, <laughs> and like actually in a way helping, uh, advance the plot and not just being like, all right, pass the baby around. So that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's great that they, they end the movie with a, uh, positive, like, okay, superheroes are, are back out there and like you, they um and aren't under um some sort of law that they, they have to be in hiding but like they still are like running off uh, as a family in the car like at the end of the movie like before going to the the, the movie 
um, it, you know, going to see a movie in a movie. Um, so like, yeah, there's definitely opportunity for more stories here. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if we're going to get it. I really hope we do. Cause they're great. Um, you know, hopefully it's not a 14 year gap again, but they totally have more stories that they can tell. Mm-hmm. I feel you. Uh, so yeah, I, we, I, I dug this movie. I didn't love it. You know, I think that there's some, you know, I think it could have moved a bit quicker. I think they could have done a little bit bigger stuff, but whatever. They got my money. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are wrapping up our conversation about, uh, the Incredibles two. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. I hope you did. Uh, Frank does too. Um, and we just want you to let you know that we're going to be back. Uh, next week with another episode about Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, the sequel to Jurassic World. And uh, we'll be happy to join you on the other side. Uh, until then, Frank, you want to let them know where they can reach out to us? Yeah, of course. Um, you can email us at info at longlostheroes.net. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LLH Podcast. You can find us on iTunes and subscribe um, to our feed and your podcast, your favorite podcast app. Um, and please leave us a rating and review. It really helps, um, you know, boost us up in, in the polls and get more visible. And we, we really want to hear your feedback. Um, so write in, we will read out your, your questions, your comments on, on the podcast and we can g- give you a good response. Um, but otherwise, um, yeah, stay tuned for another episode in, in the next couple of days. And bye. <laughs> bye.